Hello, and welcome to this Coupa HR podcast. This year is Coupa HR's 75th anniversary. HR and higher education has come a long way over the past 75 years. For this series, emerging Coupa HR leaders set out to discover lessons from the past, present, and future of higher ed HR by talking with several outstanding leaders in our profession. Each of our guests has received Coupa HR's highest honor, the Donald E. Dickinson Award which was named for the association's founder and first president and recognizes outstanding contributions to Coupa HR in the profession. Join us as we pick their brains and solicit their advice about higher ed, HR, and Coupa HR. Hi, I'm Natalie Trent, Human Resources Specialist at Grand Valley State University. And I'm Marie DeWalt, Director of Human Resources at Shepherd University. And we're joined today by Linda Lolly, former Vice President of Human Resources at Bryant University in Smithfield, Rhode Island, and Barbara Carroll, former Associate Vice Chancellor and Chief Human Resources Officer at Vanderbilt University in Nashville, Tennessee. They've offered to share some of their Coupa HR stories and professional insights as we celebrate 75 years of this association for higher ed HR professionals. Thank you both for being here. Thank you, Marie. Thank you, Marie. All right, so to kick us off, can you both tell us about a favorite Coupa HR memory you have? Maybe a moment that you feel especially connected to your Coupa HR colleagues or a contribution that you were particularly proud of? Barb, would you mind starting us off? Um, sure, I mean, there are an, a number of stories that I probably shouldn't tell on a podcast. Um, <laughs> But, but I do have a couple of sort of memorable experiences um, as, as, a, as a member of Coupa. And I'll, I'll, let me describe one of them briefly and then the other one a little bit more substantively. Um, I was fortunate enough to get involved with Coupa's um, public policy um, committee. And uh, Josh Ullman, who, who um, is the, liaison for public policy for Coupa is great. And he ha had asked if I would come to DC and um, speak to a joint commission, a joint committee of the US Congress on the Affordable Care Act and um, its economic impact on higher ed. And um, I did have opinions about that, but you know, it's a little, it was fun. It was terrifying. And it was also pretty enlightening to sit in a room with, um, you know, senators and Congress persons and watch um, how these hearings happen. And so I, um, at, they call them hearings for a reason. I think they they hear you, but they're not listenings. They're um, they're they're more hearings than listenings. And I think that in the partisan environment that we have been in for some time in D.C., um, it, you know, everyone who was on the panel had had pretty much decided where they were with respect to the Affordable Care Act. So it was um, an eye-opening experience for me and something that I would have never thought I would have done in my professional career. You know, when you choose HR as a, as a profession, um, 
you don't think, and then I'll end up speaking to Congress. So, um, so that was a, a, pretty, um, a, a pretty memorable experience. The other thing that um, I had the honor of, of being able to do was work with Koopa's uh, research wing um, in, a, in a pretty major redesign of the uh, salary survey uh, work and um, based it on some work that Andy Brantley and I had done earlier when we were colleagues in the University of Georgia system. And it was, it was prompted by some changes at the federal level um, in how universities had to report their, the positions that they had to the feds. So we did a pretty major overhaul and um, I was pretty deeply involved with that. So those are, those are a couple of sort of big experiences that I got to have with Coupa that I wouldn't have ever uh, done otherwise. So those are, those are memorable. I have others, but you know, Linda and I don't talk about all of those. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Linda, how about you? Um, I too had a number of um, experiences with Coupe that were memorable, especially working on the board and as chair. I think you get opportunities that you might not have just as, an, as a regular member. But I think the one I'm most proud of or I remember most is working uh, with several people um, and an outside consultant on our first uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion plan. It was called in, um, Inclusion Cultivates Excellence. And that took a couple of years to really kind of formulate a position statement and an action plan. But I think what's nice is it still sets a framework for how Coupa HR has continued on their journey. Um, and it has really helped, I think, shape programming and, and learning tools. Um, I think one of the tools that I worked on um, and was part of that I think helped me learn more about the Coupa uh, connections and people um, was the, um, I think it was called uh, Creating Inclusive Communities Project. Um, I think it's still a tool that's on the website, uh, but it was to really tell stories and take videos of various Coupa members uh, to really sort of share their experiences and perspectives and help to really use it for conversations on your campus or to really broaden um, awareness of, you know, just how people see things differently. Um, and I think it enlightened me a lot on how people had different experiences. You think you know people, but you know, then hearing their stories really was meaningful, I think. So those are two I remember. Um, I know there's a lot more, and as, as Barb shared, we have some that we probably want to just keep to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you both. Uh, kind of following on that, what skills have you learned or cultivated that have been most important in your success as a leader? Linda, do you want to start us? Sure. I would say um, one of the things that I am a champion of is that Clifton Strengths Assessment. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but from throughout my career, I've really used that to help build on what I thought were my dominant strengths. And so strategic is one of them, maximizer, input, activator, and arranger. And I guess the strategic and the maximizer, you know, I'll sort of share how those have really helped me both with board roles I've taken, but also within the campus community. Um, I think having strategic focus and really thinking future is so critical uh, for HR. I don't think it's something, you know, you, you, you have to really make yourself take time to really think through 
how and where the organization's going, what does it mean for HR, how can you make a, a more impactful um, value-added contribution. And, you know, work is so busy and things get so, you know, um, I would say mired in the day-to-day -day that it's really something you have to spend time with. You know, working with the executive teams um, in your campus and really having conversations about that is critical because I think you need to think about various alternative futures um, in order to be able to pivot. And I use that word a lot, but, you know, I think with the COVID you know, pandemic, but other disruptions on campus, you have sometimes really need to do a quick change in direction. And so I think um, that being adaptable skill, you know, is another one that sort of I, I've learned through the strategic focus. And the maximizer sort of bringing people together, building relationships, you know, connections, uh, really understanding people, you know, taking the time to listen and, and be more aware of their strengths and then leveraging those and having them uh, be more successful working together. Um, so those are kind of key ones. I think, you know, for me too, it's just been lifelong learning. You know, the other thing is really constantly staying, um, that's the input sort of one, you know, really trying to learn as much as I can and doing a lot of, you know, research, but also just learning from people. I think that's the best experience. Um, and then obviously the activator and arranger, I just like to make things happen. Sometimes that's not always the greatest. Um, I get impatient, but I think um, it's helped me sort of think through how to to work through to arrange things um, in a way where people are leveraged and their skills and talents are leveraged. Um, so I guess those <clears throat> have been the ones that I've really worked on and cultivated. Great, Barb? Well, I agree with Linda. I think the things that, that um, for me proved useful over my career and, and with Coupa were, you know, knowing how to adapt to a changing environment, because I think that we're, we are often canaries in coal mines on um, change that's coming in or in our organizations and among our employee populations and even among our students. And um, so I think the ability to anticipate change and to um, prepare for that in strategic ways, not just uh, putting out fires, but um, how do we how how do we embrace what is happening and um, and maximize that is really useful. The other thing that I think uh, surprised me in my career was how quantitative HR is. Mm -hmm. um, that that you it's. Yes, it is. It, people go into HR because they want to help people, but they end up dealing with things like, you know, benefits actuarial calculations and uh, financial spreadsheets and, um, you know, technology plan designs. And, um, and, and so I think that um, it, it is helpful to be interested in all of those things to have a, a broad uh, willingness to learn across a, a broad range of areas. And so, um, you know, a lot of positions in universities and colleges can kind of specialize, but the higher you get in an HR function, the more you have to, um, you know, be a broad thinker across um, a number of different sort of parts of the brain. And I always found that challenging. I never was was bored not one day in my professional career because <laughs> there was always something that I could I could stand to think about. So um, I would say those are um, you know those are things that'll stand the test of time. 
Wonderful. Uh, I think those are great characteristics that you kind of outlined that made you both successful as leaders individually. Um, if you could summarize a, a single characteristic that you think all HR practitioners should possess, do you, can you identify one or maybe a couple, if not just one? Uh, Linda, would you like to go? Yeah, I would think that, you know, especially given the disruptions we've been experiencing between the pandemic and I think it will be ongoing, uh, it's really being resilient. I, I recently, as I said, I kind of continuously learned, but I was watching a webinar on Coupa HR recently about resilience in the workplace. And I think it was a great one. If people haven't seen it, they should. Um, but it's really about learning how to set up a plan for yourself. So you sort of, as Barb said, you have to stay on top of things and be, you know, welcoming the change and moving forward. And that's hard to do. So really being um, able to be adaptable, understanding the trends that are coming. So, you know, and then addressing them, you know, in the way that's going to be important for your organization. I think um, the continuous learning is probably another key factor as part of that. So I would say resilience, um, you know, the being adaptable sort of is going to be an ongoing need um, going into the future. And I think really learning about anything and everything that you can. Wonderful. Barb, how about you? Um, I agree with Linda wholeheartedly on, on both of those. I think um, creativity is also helpful because sometimes you're addressing novel problems and the ability to, um, you know, to think in, in new ways about um, new ideas or new ways of uh, thinking about old ideas is always good. So I think, um, if you can, if you can kind of stay fresh and not uh, burn out, and I know that, you know, it's hard right now when everybody feels burnt out to think about how do I how do I think about fresh ideas, um, but I, I do think that people should be open, they should be constantly um, willing to learn. You're never done with this. You've you've never um, you've never mastered this. Um, skill set. You are always a, a learner if you're doing it right. And, um, and so I think those, those help. But I also think you have to be willing to, um, you know, um, draw some lines, speak some truth. Um, sometimes in HR, those are hard things. Um, and you're saying hard things to people. And I think the willingness and the ability to, um, you know, to to handle that with grace and and uh, but but also being sure of yourself. Those are those are skills that you develop. I think the longer you do this work. I feel like I'm learning from this conversation. <laughs> this is great. So, what area or focus within the profession do you see us being most influential and or poised for growth in the next ten years, Barb? Um, hmm. I would say that, you know, as the world becomes more technical and more virtual, you know, we've got to find ways to um, integrate that into the, the business of uh, and, the, and the practice of HR. And so I think as we look at the future, we're going to we're going to need people to, um, you know, really try to stay current with um, technology and with uh, the, the 
virtual social environment that we all are functioning in. In fact, we're functioning in as we speak, um, where we might otherwise be sitting in a uh, in a coffee shop having this conversation. We're doing it on a on a Zoom meeting instead. Um, so I, th I think that's one thing that I think will 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 be part of our future, um, much more than when I started in in my HR career some time ago. Um, and I, I don't think it's going to go away. Linda? I was uh, thinking about, you know, just some of the things that we've experienced in the last year or so and where that's going to sort of trend. But I do think um, an enhanced focus on diversity, equity, inclusion is going to be something HR really needs to take a lead on. I don't think you know, institutions, many have their own sort of focused area for that, but HR really does have to take a hard look at, you know, the workforce, how do we engage everyone, you know, are there equitable practices? And especially as Barb said, with the virtual nature of things, we need to be thinking about inclusivity and collaboration and how do you work to engage people and continue to engage them given these times. Um, so I think that having that enhanced focus is going to be really important. And I, I also agree with Barb. I think that, you know, the digital, the technologies being on top of what's going to be a tool for the future workforce, you know, what do you need to be thinking about in terms of technology to enhance their work, to make them more productive? So those would probably be two key areas that I can think of. Yeah, I think we're seeing some of those come to reality much quicker this day and age with the pandemic and how it's kind of force that agenda to move forward much quicker than I think uh, we would have anticipated pre-pandemic, so. Absolutely. Um, so can you both tell us what has been your most enriching professional development experience? Barb, would you like to start? My most enriching professional development experience. Um, well, I, I think one of the things for me was, um, Coupa afforded me the ability to step outside of my natural comfort zone. Um, I'm a, I, Linda will laugh when I said this, but I'm a natural introvert. And um, I, I don't um, naturally wish to engage with large groups of people that I don't know. <laughs> and so one of the things that for me was really enriching was the opportunity that Cooper provided me to um, take ideas or practices that we had worked on at our institution and, um, and present that work to colleagues at, um, you know, as part of the um, annual conference or as part of, um, you know, the regional conferences. And to, to stand up and talk about um, things that um, were important that, that um, I cared about and my team cared about. And um, so it made, me, um, it made me more comfortable to have to do that, to get pushed out of my comfort zone and um, to stand and defend ideas and um, to try to make them interesting to other, other people. And um, so I found that personally good, a good exercise and I would not have ordinarily done it um, voluntarily, but um, when, the, when the programming committee is bugging you for 
ideas and you feel an obligation to um, support your profession. Um, it, causes, it caused me to do some things that I probably wouldn't have done, but that I really, um, I really appreciate Koopa having, having um, encouraged me to do that. Wonderful. And Linda, how about you? I would say that the volunteer leadership roles I've been fortunate to have um, throughout my career has really been not only personally fulfilling, but I would say professionally enriching. I, I really do learn from people and I love to, um, I'm not an extrovert, but I'm sort of in the middle, but I do like to share ideas and perspectives with people. And I think having the opportunities, not only on the national board, but I was on a regional board, I've worked on chapter level activities, you know, both with Sherman, with Koopa HR, and I found that those experiences are great. You work with people that have really great ideas and some of the top leaders, you know, were on and are on the national board and in committees. So having the exposure um, to those people have really been, um, you know, something that I found very rewarding professionally and developmental. I would also say, uh, Natalie, um, that one of the best things for me about Coupa, one of the most enriching things, was getting to know colleagues around the country and getting to engage with them. Linda and I have had many great conversations over the years on topics of mutual interest and substance. And she's one of many people that I really appreciate having gotten to know through the organization. And, and um, I think one of the best parts of that is how willing colleagues are to share what they know about um, problems and issues and ideas. And um, uh, I've stolen liberally from uh, many smart people in this, um, in this environment, mostly with their permission. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, I've, 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 I've leveraged the ability to, um, find answers without always having to start just with a blank piece of paper. And that was, that was one of the best things that Koopa um, did for me and was a very enriching, you know, I now have friends around the country that um, I would call friends as not just uh, professional colleagues. Yeah, I think you're right. Building those connections is so important to cultivating kind of a rich backfill of resources and information and knowledge sharing that is pretty unique to Koopa. There's not that like competition. There's just really this willingness to help each other out and learn from our past experiences and share those. So appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah, I've served on the awards committee the last couple of years and I'm amazed at the continuing innovation and creativity that is being shared as people are sort of talking through projects or, you know, new initiatives. And so I do think, and they're willing to put those out and have people copy them. You know, I think that's a great feature with Coupa HR that you don't necessarily find everywhere. A lot of generosity, absolutely. So one question that I'm really anxious to, to ask both of you, and I think would be of an interest to people listening to our conversation is, if you could go back in time, what would you tell your younger self? Barb? <laughs> um, uh, don't sweat the small stuff. Um, you know, there's, um, my younger self was, uh, you know, really 
trying to make sure she knew everything about everything. <laughs> um, and um, I, I finally realized that I couldn't possibly know everything about everything, but I could tap some valuable resources and I could learn as I went. And um, it was okay to not, um, not know everything. And that wasn't imposter syndrome. That was, um, that was just learning as, as you go. And um, so that, I think that would be one of the things I would, I would pat myself on the head and say, it's, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> Linda? Um, I think I mentioned this earlier, but I, I guess just being impatient with the pace of change. I think I, you know, throughout my career, I've just wanted to see things happen. And, you know, even at a beginning career level, I had certain goals I wanted to see. And it, it's challenging, you know, working through not only the organization, but learning, um, you know, through experience that it can't always be you know, the way you'd like to see it go forward and having to rethink, you know, how, how you make something work is, um, you know, experience. Sometimes you fall on your face. Sometimes, you know, it's been disrupted just through the organization itself, but I think you have to really pick yourself up and then move forward um, in a better pace. So I, I would say I've learned to be less impatient and, you know, more aware of uh, how to make something work um, effectively. And I think that was a key skill that took years to cultivate, still does. <laughs> it's an ongoing learning experience. It, it definitely is. <laughs> for sure. Well, Barb, Linda, thank you both so much for taking time with us today to speak. It's been an absolute pleasure and we have appreciated all your valuable experience and insights and just thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Natalie. Thanks, Marie. It's been a pleasure. Thank you both. It was a pleasure. Nice to see you, Barb. It's good to see you.